This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm David Hirsch, and when I'm not hosting the Dad-to-Dad podcast for the Special Fathers Network, which is a Dad-to-Dad mentoring program for fathers raising kids with special needs, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamins Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and it's game show day here in the basement. Joe's got on his 70s leisure suit and has loaded up the canned crowd noise, so we're ready to roll. Joining us from the Talking Real Money podcast, it's our friend, Don McDonald. And from the Afford Anything podcast, it's Paula Pant. Last, from LenPenzo.com, say hello to Steve Harvey. <laughs> He's in the middle of a huge family feud, apparently. So instead, when we surveyed 100 people about who's most likely to be found in a bunker, we got the number three answer, Len Penzo. <laughs> Plus, is it ever too late to start your career over? With thoughts on that topic, we'll welcome the evil HR lady herself, Suzanne Lucas. Later, we'll magnify Debbie's money. She's looking to start her rental empire and wants tips on how to secure her first condo in the next several years. And the price is right for my trivia. It's absolutely free and will not disappoint. And now, a guy who's the winkest link on this show, Joe Salcihai. Unfortunately, I don't get to say goodbye. Isn't that what she said? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. I'd like to say, yep, no show. Goodbye. I am the weakest link. Hey, everybody. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And welcome to Friday. And man, do we have a good time with us here today. Starting in an undisclosed location, Miss Paula Pant is here. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you doing, Joe? I'm, you know, Paula. You've known me for how long? These episodes, well, not just that we have our special guest here, who we will talk about in a second, but also the fact we're doing a game show today. This is my favorite stuff. Uh, nothing is better than a game show with the crowd in your mom's basement. <laughs> that's that's right. Let's see if we got the crowd. Well, if I can find. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't that button, Paula. That is not social distancing, Joe. <laughs> is a, there, is, there is a cesspool. 
And what's bad about that, Paula? They're not clapping their own hands. They're clapping each other's hands. It is. It is not good. And yeah, those, those do not sound like tears <laughs> that come from through a mask. So, somebody who wears a mask every day in the basement, COVID or no COVID, Mr. Lempenzo's here. Yes, that's right. And you know what? I'm glad I had the mask on when you were at my house last time, right? (laughs) That was Uh, that's it wasn't long after that you came down with the COVID. It is suspicious. The timing on that. Not saying you gave it to me, Len. (laughs) I'm just saying this just saying it was not that long after that. uh, I got the Rona. Joe, you know, my place is it's almost uh, completely sanitary. It's like a, 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 a. 10,000 class, 100,000 class uh, clean room. It was airtight. Airtight, I think, is it. And a guy who has an airtight show. How about I am great with the the segues today. Don McDonald from Talking Real Money's here. How are you, man? Wow, the basement. I'm just so happy to be in a larger space than my closet. The basement's (laughs) so much bigger than my little closet. I'll never get COVID because I never leave my closet. Well, isn't that great? I mean, it is it is nice and safe. Okay. And uh, are there windows is, in the closet, Don? No, there are no windows in the closet. <laughs> no, the I, closet is a studio. That's all. It doesn't even have clothes in it anymore. It's just a studio closet. Yeah. So you podcast <laughs> naked? Is that what you're saying? I can. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> Unless it's video, and then I just do it pantsless. Welcome, welcome to welcome to Too Much Info with Don McDonald, the yeah, podcast. Exactly. Yes. Well, tell everybody, we brag about you all the time, as you know, but tell everybody about Talking Real Money, the show you and Tom do. Talking Real Money is the show that Tom and I do. We do at least five shows a week. Sometimes we do six if we're feeling really good. Uh, We do a TV. We do a TV. We do a radio show in Seattle that we turn into a podcast. Hey, Don, how great was that event you had last weekend? Oh, oh man, we had like over a thousand people at Retire Meet, which was national. It was international. We had people from Finland there. Nice. Were they clapping like this? In their own special way, I'm sure they were. It's fantastic. Now, did you have over a thousand people from Finland in your closet? No, only over. (laughs) We had uh, people from all over the world, but mostly from the United States because, well, we had Paul Merriman there and David Booth from Dimensional Funds. And it was a cool event. We do one every year. We'll do one again in February of 2022 get those guys together. Paula, you just talked to Mr. Merriman, didn't you? Yes, I did. I just interviewed Paul Merriman on the Afford Anything podcast, and he is brilliant. I'd never interviewed him before, but I'm very glad that I did. Don, Don, Paul is a good friend. I've known Paul forever. That's what I was going to say. You and Paul talk all the time. I, he was. Yeah, we go way back. Yeah. I uh, used to work for him. You used to work for him? Yeah, I worked for Merriman Capital back in the olden days as an educator there. We are going to soon get people wondering when the show is going to go forward. So let's let's move on upward and onward. We've got Don McDonald here, Paula Pant, Len Penzo. Let's get the party started. Well, you guys know what that sound means. It's game show day here in the basement. Mom loves it. I love it. Don McDonald's going to learn to love it. Here's what we do, guys. We take a piece that has appeared recently in the press. This is a blog post from the M1 Finance blog. And the blog post is 10 Habits for Better Investing. And so that's going to be the question. We will play one point the first time around if you get one of the 10 points. Doesn't matter, by the way, if your guess is right or wrong, that these are 10 of the top habits 
All we're interested in is whether you're going to get one of the 10 that the author of this piece has in their piece. So those are the rules, but better than the rules, we're going to talk about some good investing habits, which is what uh, Don and Tom talk about on their show. So we thought we'd do that for about half an hour here. You know, they do it all the time. We'll do it for like 30 minutes. So round one for one point, by the way, you'll also get a point toward the trivia challenge if you win. So Don, you're playing on behalf of my good friend, OG today. So see if you can get OG a point. Oh, OG, I'm sorry. And, and, and I also want to try. <laughs> I just want to apologize in advance. I want to clarify one thing about this list too. There are some things that when you hear what they are, are not necessarily, it's a little broader than investing. I'm going to give you that hint. There's three of these on the list that you go, ah, yeah, investing, but really just makes you wealthier. Let's put it that way. So, Don, 10 things, 10 habits okay. to become a better oh, investor, pressure. leading off round one. What uh, What's on this list, Don? I'm going to go for the easy one. I think this is the absolute, it's going to be like number one, save regularly. Is save regularly on this top 10 list. It's not there. No. But I'm with you, Don. Isn't that I, the first thing you should do? Absolutely. How, how are you going to get rich if you don't save your money? And it's so much easier to save a little bit every paycheck than to to try to wait till you get a sum of money, you know? Just save a little bit at a time. Yeah. Even if you don't do anything with it, and I know we'll get to the do things with it in a minute, right? I, I, I can't tell you. I can neither confirm nor deny what we're going to get to, Don. Don's already <laughs> pushing for hints about, about what's coming. <laughs> Because I failed that time. I need all the help I can get. And I seriously can't believe that that one is not on there. We'll go to Paula next. Paula, 10 things M1 Finance says that you, that are habits to make you a better investor. I am going to guess that somewhere on that list, they have told people to asset allocate. So in, in whether or not they've used that phrase, they've told people to choose investments that are appropriate to your risk and your age and your timeline. Is asset allocate on this list? What? <laughs> That's not All right, this is not a bad list. This is not, well, this is not a good list. Is, I'm glad that my follow-up guess of rebalance is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that is uh, also not on this list. Which Paula asset allocation. And uh, modern portfolio theory being on the efficient frontier, a good good thing to know. Yeah, exactly. Going back to that interview with Paul Merriman, you know, all, yeah. it's all about asset See, allocation. Paula's like answer too. <laughs> These are both great well, things. You. Put money away, diversify. Mm-hmm. There it is. And you find these people, by the way, that um, diversification isn't a way to get richer though, Paula. It's a way to avoid uh, some unnecessary risk. Like if you're really concerned about getting wealthy, with your money. I don't think diversification is an answer for that. Well, well, it could be. I mean, if you, if not diversifying means playing it so conservatively that you're, you're hugging bond funds at the age of 25, you know, diversification allows you to have some portion of your portfolio in, in equities and in assets that have more volatility. Did you say hugging or hogging? I said hugging. I was just imagining a 25-year-old with their arms just wrapped around a bunch of bond funds. I love you, bond fund. 
<laughs> I love you. An all bond portfolio. <laughs> Mr. Penzo, you can see, you can take the early lead here in round one. Well, I'm a little slightly confused because I know Paula was talking asset allocations. Then you mentioned diversification, which to me are two completely separate things. I do have four things written down here. So one of them was diversify. So obviously it's a good thing. Thank you, whoever said that first. I don't know if Paula, <laughs> apparently it's not there because Joe said it's not there. My other thing was rebalance. So I'm going to go, that's number, <laughs> I'm going to say, because to me, that's not asset, that's not, uh, you know. You will say rebalance. I will say rebalance. Be, every year, uh, look at your portfolio and rebalance uh rebalance it. For yes. people that don't know what that is, Len, talk about what rebalance is for a moment. Well, it's okay. Let's say, uh, for example, let's say you've owned some, you've been fortunate enough to own some Tesla stock uh, this in the past year here. And at first when you bought it, maybe it only made up 3% of your portfolio, maybe 2%. I don't know. But after this big run up, hey, who knows? It might be 15 or 20% of your portfolio. You know, that might be more than you'd want in a portfolio for diversification purposes. You want to spread out your risk. So you would rebalance. You would sell some of that Tesla and buy something else that you are underrepresented. Your portfolio has less of in. So that's, that's my definition. That's right. By, <laughs> by the way, little known fact, uh, Don McDonald rebalanced his uh, GameStop right at the top when it hit like what? Don, 325? Isn't that when you rebalance that? I think th 385. I took advantage of it. I hit it right in the intraday. High. Of course you did. Wow. <laughs> sure. yeah. Although my buddy Tom did buy one share of AMC. Does he still and hold he it? Made, I think he made like $12, $13 on it. Nice. Like There's lunch. Hey, Don, when... Hey, Don, after the show, can I borrow you? Can, can you do my uh, phone uh, message for when I'm away? So, I, I mean, your voice yeah, is just, uh, sure. I'm in love with your voice. So it's just. I uh, do people's phone messages all the time. Okay. Because. All right. Well, well, we'll hit you up right after this. I'd like to have Don do some like really gruff thing, though. Like, uh, this is Joe Salsi. Hi. Uh, don't call me again. Like, that would be. <laughs> this, this is Joe Salsi. Hi. Don't call me again. You sound like a movie, like one of those movie guys <laughs> in Joe's mom's basement coming in 2021. Ah, uh, uh, round one. Oh, Len. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Did I, is it in there? Is not? it in yeah. here? Is rebalance on here? Of course not, Len. If, if, if diversify is not on there, why the hell is rebalance? I think Paula even just said as much. She's like, well, she well said that was her go-to, but to me, they're separate things. I mean, it's just, I mean, okay. They, I'm with last, you, Len. I'm not liking this list. <laughs> I do like the three things we brought up, which was the point really of this game. However, this is very exciting. At the end of round one, the score is tied. Don has zero. Paula's got zero. Len has zero. We're going to go in reverse order now. Len. Guess number two. These are for two points instead of zero points. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. You know what? Now I'm gun shy because I, I, I still have two more here, um, but I'm afraid they're not going to be on there. I'm I will give you. Why don't I give you a hint? Think okay. even more basic than you guys are thinking. Even even more basic than you're thinking. More basic than that. Mm -hmm. uh, OK, I'm going to go. Here's one, here's one I've written no, down. I'm going to go. Joke. I think this is a great one. If you're employed and you had a 401k, and you should at least take the company match. Get the company match. 
What? Oh my God. But that's these not a ten, uh, whatever these 10 are, these better be freaking <laughs> good. I will defend. No, actually, they're not that good, but <laughs> not to, that, well, why are we doing this? That does spoil that. Cause I was wondering what habits you guys are bringing to the table. These are awesome. And then they've got 10 more on top of the, the they got 10 that you're not going to get apparently on top of the ones that you guys are doing. But Len, I'm vote if ours are better than, than in this list. I bet they are. But to defend this list while you should take advantage of the match, that's not a habit. These are habits. Take advantage of the matches and habit. That's something you should do, but is that a habit? Well, it's a good prior. I didn't know. Is this a, what, a habit? I mean, yes. Well, yeah, I guess you, you, you're, you could at any time you could say, I'm not going to take advantage of the company match anymore. Right. So every, every <laughs> week you say, yeah, I'm going to keep going with the company match. That's a habit. 10, yeah. 10 habits. <laughs> Habits. Oh my goodness. Things that you should do. I know Paula's going to get this. I know yeah, Paula's Somebody better get this. Paula, break the tie. Habit. <laughs> habit. Habit. Uh, habit of cheese, but we already said save regularly, and that's not a thing. That's apparently not on the list. Use money. <laughs> I know you're gun shy now, Paul. I, Jeez, I, I'm, I'm so tempted to see if we're thinking habits and I'm thinking investing, then a habit would be to save a little bit from every paycheck. But that was the very first guess. Know how much, like, know what your goal is, like ca calculate your retirement portfolio goal. There you go, Paula. Is in there. you're in there, Paula. Calculate your retirement goal. Is that on the list? Number Whoa! six. You gotta be kidding. I, I was being Paula sarcastic. She get it. Number six on this uh, uh, apparently difficult list is clarify your finances. You probably know how much money you make, but how much do you spend weekly or that you want to save for retirement or need to deduct from your paycheck to land your employer's retirement match? Whenever you think about a vague personal finance metric, make it a habit to state its real value. Actual numbers will help you understand what actions you need to take. The vague ones may paint an untrue picture when it comes to your finances. I also found, Paula, by the way, if I have a long-term goal and it's kind of fuzzy, I do not save for that goal as much as when it's crystal clear. Man, if that goal is crystal clear and I can see it, I'm much more likely to not spend that money today and to invest it for tomorrow. Right. Yeah. If you have a why, a compelling why, that's what gets you through. And your compelling why was to just figure out one that was on here and you got it. So Paula, <laughs> yeah, exactly. with two points, Don, your middle guess. The pressure's on. I have two and I, I'm feeling good about both of them. I am going to go with sort of a variation on Paula's theme instead of my first one. And I'm going to say know your tolerance for risk. Is know your tolerance for risk on the list? Oh, nice. hooray. <laughs> nice. nice job. They don't call it that. They call no. it, Don, the judges conferred, mom and Doug conferred, and uh, which that's a hell of a judge team. It's master your emotions, but they said that that is it because it's your risk tolerance, I think, that makes you emotional or lack of a risk tolerance. Ben Carson, mm, the blogger and okay. CFA behind A Wealth of Common Sense says, one of the most difficult aspects of being an investor comes from the fact that we often have competing emotions 
depending on where we are in the market cycle. There's fear and greed, overconfidence and loss aversion, panic and euphoria. From the fear of missing out or FOMO to the adrenaline junkie jolt that comes from betting on stocks in search of a jackpot to the urge to sell. When a stock drops more than 5%, irrationality too often clouds our thinking. And I saw the look on your face, Don, where you thought this is something a little different, but they're related. Those two things I think are closely related. related. I just think you're being very generous. And actually, as a newbie at this game, I kind of appreciate it. (laughs) Well, somebody's got to get a damn point here. And we can't let Paula win. (laughs) (laughs) So we are through with two rounds of three of this very scintillating game. Let's update the scores. Len Penzo, who is leading our year-long challenge, by the way, has uh, zero. And the reigning champion. uh, Look, you're not giving me a trophy. At least call me the reigning champion every week. All right, let's go the whole way, Len. Don't go halfway. (laughs) Two-time reigning champion. Two-time. I like it. Yes, yes. Two-time reigning champion. Len Penzo with zero. That's a great way to end that sentence. (laughs) Two-time reigning champion sucking it up in last, while Paula Payette, Don McDonald, tied with two points each. But round three is three points. So, Len, we're going to have you go first to see if you can get in this game between Paula and Don. You could take the lead, my friend. This is ridiculous. I, if this isn't on here, I'm going to um, – this is one of my all-time favorites too, by the way. Have an exit strategy for everything you invest in. Must have an exit strategy. And then that is a habit, folks, right? That is a habit. Can we first agree with that? That is a habit. Have an exit strategy. Is that on our list? (laughs) This is the strangest list ever. Uh, Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Let the record show that I I really think I should have. That should have been a grand slam right there. Those were three great ones, Len. I think I had three good ones. I think I had three fantastic ones. Having an exit strategy. Write, Write the next article, Len. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, you I'm going to write. I'm going to write whoever wrote this article. That's for sure. <laughs> you saw. You saw that happen with with GameStop, right? I mean, no people getting into this thing that was more betting than yeah, investing. Absolutely. And that is when. And even Tesla or all of these or Bitcoin. People are working into Bitcoin. All the all of these things when they go up very quickly. Uh, greed tends to take over, and it forces. It keeps people from selling. You know, because they think it's going to go more. And then the next thing you know, you know, most stocks take the stairs up and the elevator down and it's too late and you end up holding. So, I mean, that's when you have an exit strategy, you say, look, I'm buying it at at X when it gets to X, maybe 100 percent of X or even 50 percent of X or 200 percent of X. That takes all of the decision making angst out of it and it makes it really automatic so you should for every investment you make you should have an exit strategy ahead of time do you prefer though to make money or have diamond hands yes <laughs> well it depends right i mean but the right don i mean i mean you can have diamond hands but you had diamond hands the diamond hands on gme and i don't i know it sure seems like is, so yeah. it seems like they're bragging about diamond hands with gme at 50 I've still got my diamond yes, hands. Right. I haven't yeah. sold yet. Or the hodlers, the hodlers with Bitcoin, right? So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. It, it automates your decision making. We talk about automating your finances. Automate your investing too with your investments. Is that on there? I'll give him that one. I like that one. 
I can't tell you. I can't. I can't tell you if it's on here or not. I'm trying to help you out, Len. We're still Don. You can take that. We're one. still. We're still playing the game, and uh, Paula, you can take that one too. Well, the 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 we were going to give our guests the the last shot. So, um, but we've we've got this thing on the table that might or might not be on the list. Uh, Don, you want to go next? You want Paula to go next? Oh, I wasn't going to use it. Okay, Paula. I it, but I wasn't going to use it. <laughs> The thing was, what have diamond hands? <laughs> Paula missed it. On there? I think Paula zoned out and missed it. I did. I, I did. Yeah, I totally did. I, I zoned out. I started paying attention again when it came to diamond hands and hoddle. She's like, hey, oh. <laughs> All right, Paula. For the lead and to put the pressure on Mr. McDonald. Okay. Save is not on there, but. I'm going to guess that budget is. Is budget on this list? Mm. And by the way, that's going to make you groan even more because I think that is a great habit, uh, especially the piece of the budget where you save, right, is is an important part. There's one on here that shouldn't be on here. And frankly, it's a little related to it. We'll get to that in a minute. Not as good as the one that you just said. Budget is would be huge here. Don, for the win, your chance to take home the big old non-existent trophy. I think we've done a better list than them. I think. We, I just think that <laughs> all of you, our things were so much better. Yes. But I am going to go with my my ultimate fallback because if you if you're just like dumb as dirt, you don't want to do anything. And no offense. But you just don't want to deal with it. You want simple. You want straightforward. You want to make money over a long period of time. You know all these other things we talked about. The vast majority of people should probably just be using index funds. Is use index funds on the list. Whoa. (laughs) What is wrong with this list? And by the way, I thought you were going to go with another one I've heard you talk about, Don, and that was going to be something else. All right. We got to play a speed round very quick. (laughs) We're just going to have yes or no to see who who wins. We will go back and forth. First round, we'll go Don first, then Paula. And then if, uh, if one of you gets it right, Obviously, then Paula would if, round. if Don gets it right, Paula gets a chance to try to get one as well. And we'll keep going until one person gets one and one misses or until we reach uh, Monday. And it's time for a new episode. Don. <laughs> Sudden death over time. Yes. Okay. Speed round. What's on the list? Oh, uh, invest in up and down markets. Man. Okay. Maybe. I take that. Hold on a second. Yeah. Ah. No, no, no. Okay. No, right. man, I you're close. My- you, you, you are right there, but um, no, uh, Paula. Don't panic sell. Uh, no, that is actually <sighs> well. It's it, it, you know we did the one that's master your emotions, and it's kind of part of that one. Master your emotions, mm. Paula. Next round. Know your expense ratio. That's the one I thought Don was going to do last time. No, not on the list. <sighs> Beautiful thing. Don, Don and Tom talk glad about I, that one. That was my so fourth glad one. I didn't yeah. use that one. Let me take that <laughs> off. So I was over four. Don, for uh, the win. Don't day trade. Don't day trade. Not on the list. Wow. To the next round. Don. I just am so stumped on this list. And I thought I knew something about money. <laughs> I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, 
I've done invest. I've done risk tolerance. Uh, don't use hot tips. What's the positive of that? <laughs> oh, well, don't use hot tips. Uh, use things that aren't hot. <laughs> <laughs> use cold tips. Do your research. He said, do your research. Do your research. Yeah, I guess that's probably what it is. Yeah. Do your research. They call it educate uh, yourself. Educate yourself is educate what they call it. Educate yourself. Oh, that's what I'm all about, too. Smart investors never stop learning and educating yourself can fit in the time you already have in your day. Don't need to hit the books like an MBA student, but you can still feed your curiosity and fill in knowledge gaps resources like Jason's Weeks column in the Wall Street Journal. They say Investopedia's financial terms dictionary, or of course, they have their own uh, thing that they, they're plugging. So, Paula. I don't think I deserve three for that. To tie. Uh all right. To tie, I'll say use tax advantaged accounts. Use tax advantage accounts. And again, beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Don McDonald with the win. I don't deserve it. And by the way, Len Penzo said one that was on the list. You guys debated it. Paulo spaced out. Don said he wasn't going to use it. Automate. Number four on this list. Really? Automate. But they use the word automate. Sorry. Okay. I mean, that just seems like invest regularly. It does. Well, then Don won again. (laughs) (laughs) Don wins twice. Ready for the rest of these? These are some groaners. Regulate your media intake. Don't follow your media intake. It's a good habit to stay away from the CNBC's Fox business. Don't get into the sexy media stuff. Number three is the one I said budget should have been on here. And this one shouldn't. Shift your spending from high interest credit cards. I don't know what that has to do with, that to do with investing, investing, but that one's on there. Number five, I do like this one. Study long-term investors. Study long-term investors. Number seven, we didn't get. Review your portfolio at regular intervals. Now we could, the judges could have probably given the, um, Paula, what was yours? Rebalance. What about rebalance? That's rebalancing. Rebalance. I, I, I was, I'm with you. Could have been the host of this thing sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If this, let's go to the, yes. Uh, (laughs) change your, change your checklist to priority lists. So put your checklist into ABC of priorities. And then number 10 is adopt a growth mindset. There they are. Okay, I got to tell you, I think those last two were just dumb as dirt. <laughs> Whenever I hear priority list, I think of airline lounges and you know, credit card yes, hacking. Yes, the the uh, Tom has the moniker of this game show podcast. What, what dumb as dirt. Growth, the Wait, what is the growth show. mindset? What is the growth mindset? Are they saying oh. don't go for value stocks? Or are they no. saying no, no, I think that <laughs> that's a reference to a book written by Carol Dweck where she talked about how people have either fixed mindsets or growth mindsets. If you have a fixed mindset, you think um, I'm just bad at math and that's how I am, for example, and nothing will ever change that. That's just who I am. Uh, whereas if you have a growth mindset, then you think like, okay, ma- math is a skill and I haven't had a lot of luck with it so far, but you know what? I can improve that and I can be, I can grow into being the type of person who is good at math one day. 
Thank you for that, Paula. (laughs) I still don't see how it makes you a better investor. But by the way, that 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 book uh, I agreed on that book is also uh, Carol Dweck's work is um, Microsoft CEO Sadia Nadella talks about that all the time about how that's his favorite thing. And in fact, they quote it here. Carol Dweck writes for 20 years. My research has shown the view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. It can determine whether you become the person you want to be and whether you accomplish the things you value. What I like most about the growth mindset, by the way, Paula, to kind of branch off of what you said is that it keeps you asking why and asking how instead of this fixed mindset where you think you already know everything, you know? Right. Um, And you get more defensive, I think, when you have a fixed mindset. I find myself getting defensive. I'm like, am I trying to learn or am I? Anyway, Don McDonald, big winner. Len Penzo probably got one right, but we didn't give it to him because that's the way we roll. (laughs) (laughs) And that ends this segment of our contest. This is is a podcast, though, where we have two contests. So we're going to have that in just a second. But coming up next, the evil HR lady joins us. Suzanne Lucas is back. No matter how bad the pieces that we discuss, we always get great tips, don't we, from our roundtable Tons of fun there. And I'll tell you, if you're playing the money game, listen up, because if you're an active duty service member, a veteran, a DOD civilian or military family member, you can join Navy Federal. There's so many members of my family that are eligible, not only me, my parents, two of my cousins, of course, my brother and my sister are eligible. Most of our family is eligible. That means if you served in any branch of the military, it doesn't have to be the Navy, by the way, it could be the Army. The Marine Corps, like OG, Air Force, Coast Guard, you could join Navy Federal Credit Union. And on average, Navy Federal members earn and save $361 more per year. You could pay no fees, get low rates and rate discounts. Plus, you learn cash back and grow your savings. Navy Federal puts members first by helping them save money, make money, and enjoy peace of mind and security through personalized around-the-clock service. Plus, now's a great time to join. If you have a large credit card balance after the holidays, you can let Navy Federal Credit Union help you rebalance your priorities. We always talk about making a plan to do away with high-interest credit card debt. It's always two steps, guys. Get rid of the high-interest rate so you pay lower rates, and then step on the gas. I'll tell you what a lot of people do. They refinance the debt to a lower rate, and then they also let off the gas. Not great. But the first step, Do away with high-interest credit card debt. Transfer your balance to a Navy Federal credit card with a low intro APR. No balance transfer fees. You can pick the right card to help you take back control. Visit NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA. Dollar value of Navy Federal's 2019 member give back study. 5.99 to 18% variable APRs based on product type and credit worthiness up to $1 cash advance transaction fee at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Well, speaking of having a plan, we talk often, like we did today, about having a better investment strategy, getting your debt payment plan together. But you know what? We often don't have a plan at work. And that's why, if you're new to this show, we have a great frequent contributor. We hear from her. Not enough. I I love hearing from her. Suzanne Lucas is the evil HR lady, one of the most popular people on the internet when it comes to human resources. She helps us deal with a lot of the things that you deal with at work, right? What are some of these workplace issues? 
So in an interest of helping you make more money, she's back. I read something phenomenal that she wrote over at evilhrlady.org. We're going to talk to her about it right now. Let's say hello to Suzanne Lucas, the Evil HR Lady. Well, it's Friday, and normally that means it's Friday FinTech time, except if you've been around here a while, you know that we have a couple recurring guests and one of my all-time favorites, Suzanne Lucas, the Evil HR Lady's back. How are you? Well, I'm mostly good now that we've caught our runaway cat. So that's that, there's got to be some some weekly intrigue in the Evil HR Lady <laughs> household, doesn't there? <laughs> we are never boring. Never. Not once. I would like to be boring. You ever think about just offering the cat a severance and just letting it letting it go? You know, my my other employees, the children would not <laughs> would not like that one bit. Actually, I would miss him too. But uh, yeah, it'd be bad for morale. That's the cats. The employee that would be if you lost them would be bad for every every company has one. Right. There's one person. In a company I learned a long time ago, Suzanne, and you know this better than I do, that's the true leader, right? They're not the person with the big title, but they're the person that, oh, if Suzanne doesn't like it, nobody's going to do it. <laughs> well, it is true that we bow to every whim of the cat. So I don't know <laughs> if you'd say there's people without titles, but you know. <laughs> you had this great piece at uh, Comstocks Magazine, also on the Evil HR Lady blog, evilhrlady.org. And it's a question from a, a reader of yours that hit close to home for me, Suzanne, because this was me. The question was, when is it too late to change careers? I'm 40 and hate my job. I didn't hate my job. I just didn't think it was what I wanted to do my whole life. I like being a financial planner, but it wasn't all I wanted to do. Anyway, they continue. But with almost 20 years invested in my field, I really don't want to start over with an entry-level position in a new area. How possible is it to switch careers without taking a massive pay cut? And I don't know if it's, and I'm going to add my own stuff to this, even if it's not about the pay cut, I know there's a lot of people out there, Suzanne, thinking it's too late. Like I've 20 years, I've done this thing. I could maybe rise to a point where I love this job more and get over my hatred of it, or I can do this new thing. But by the time I actually get good at it, my career's over. So what do you say to that? I say 40, you are still a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to retire with full social security benefits now, what is it? 67? You've got 27 years left where you've got to be working. That's more than you've invested already if you're 40. But even if you're 50 or 55 or whatever, 60, and you want to do something different, there's no reason that you can't. It's difficult to get someone else to hire you um, when you want to do something completely different, but it's not impossible. Lots of people do it. But, but, uh, but those starter jobs, not to cut you off, but I would think at a starter job, while there's age discrimination, you've seen it, I've seen it before. At age 40, I don't think you're going to suffer from that. I think people are like, wow, I'm getting somebody in the first rung that actually knows why the hell they're at work. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is legally you're protected from age discrimination at 40, but I think that that's too young. It's not the 40 year olds that are being discriminated against. It's the 40 year olds that are doing the discriminating. Um, generally, yeah. they're the ones that Agreed. are opposed to hiring the 55 year olds, which is just so dumb because we're all going to get old. So please stop discriminating because at some point that's going to be you. 
the thing is, is with a job in most fields anyway, you're not going to be expected to go back to the you know junior level when you have 20 years of other experience because a lot of that experience is transferable. I mean, no matter what you've been doing, it's transferable. You've learned how to interact with colleagues. You've learned how to I don't know, whatever you do, you've come out to fill out reports, you've learned how to manage other people, all of those skills are transferable. And so while you won't, most likely won't start out on the super top of things in the new career, you don't necessarily have to start over at the bottom. That's a good point. So you're saying that you play that up in the interview, that you have all these skills, just even, even if it doesn't seem like one-to-one, this is clearly not going to put you at the bottom rung. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's times when you're not going to be able to transfer and keep the same salary. Um, And that is partially just the result of a different career choice and partially just that you're going to need to have some experience in that field to rise to the level that took you 20 years to get to. But there's a lot of people that transfer at the same level, Um, especially if you can do it within a same company that you work for already. They're pretty loath to drop your, your pay down. And they already know you, you're a known quantity. And so if you're performing well in marketing and you say, you know what, I'd really, really, really like to learn operations. A lot of companies even have specific programs to help train you in that. Uh, Because especially if you really do want to rise up, having someone well-rounded that knows marketing, that knows operations, that, you know, knows a little bit about the finance side of things. That's really valuable on a senior executive. And so lots of companies are absolutely willing to work with you on that if that's what you decide you want to do. I totally didn't think about that, that you working at the same company could be a huge benefit to them and to you. And and to your point, you've seen all the statistics about how hard it is to hire somebody to take your place. It's much better to retain you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a lot of companies that really like that. And one of the areas, you know, I can talk about this because it's my area, is in human resources, some of the best HR people are people that have transferred in from other areas within the company. Now, this is not to say you should bring someone in with no training because HR is very specialized. There's a lot of information that you need to learn. But you're far more able to be a business partner or even an employee relations person and support a field that you understand. You know, you drop me in to support a bunch of scientists and I'm like, I know the law, I know general employee relations things, but I don't understand the intricacies of running a lab. So it makes it more difficult for me to relate to those people. So if you have somebody that's a scientist and wants a second career in HR, it's really a valuable thing to like a pharmaceutical company to say, okay, we will take you and transfer you to the HR department, give you intensive training, and then send you back to support this group. That's something that you can do. And on the flip side, you can have people go the other direction. You know, if I've been supporting a manufacturing plant for those 20 years as an HR person, and I say, okay, I want to do operations now. I already know a ton about operations because I've been supporting it. So there is that ability to go from one place to the other. It's really, really possible. I think with HR too, just uh, empathy, you know, you can understand why people aren't using their 401k as much as they should, or they're not, they don't understand how this workplace procedure works because you've been on the receiving end of that already. So, you know, well, you know, it's, This is when I first started my career, I had the best luck is that my first real job, my first professional 
level HR job was for Wegmans, which East Coasters knows the best grocery store on the planet. And it also is always in the top 10 of the Fortune's top 100 companies to work for. And while this wasn't career changing, what they did is that they required me as a corporate HR person to spend six weeks working in the store. I was just doing HR reporting. I was an analyst, but boy, my understanding of things just grew when I understood that, you know, gosh, this job is really hard. You're on your feet for eight, 10 hours a day. Um, You know, you're dealing with surly customers and just the amount of work and what thing is difficult and what's not. And it really opened my eyes to that. And that is something that's a real benefit in an HR person. And so if you're, this is not, this is not a segment about why you should become an HR person. It's not, but it's something that, you know, that those skills are really transferable, but a lot of skills are transferable. I mean, if you're a marketing person and you say, you know what, I really, really, really want to teach high school. Those skills are actually transferable. My brother actually changed careers from being a federal prosecutor to a high school teacher. And so it was basically dealing with the same, you know, population. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, uh, you have a list here of how to change careers And the first thing on your list is for people that know, I just want to get away from this, but I don't know what I want to do. You say that's number one, figure out what you want to do. How do I, if I know I don't want to do this and I'm 40 years old, it's time to make the change. Well, regardless of age, Suzanne, where do we start? Well, I think if you have no clue, you're just like, I hate this, you know? You can talk to a career coach. There are people out there that actually specialize in this and helping people make decisions and how to change lives and change their careers. And they'll have you take a skills assessment and you can do that on your own too. That'll tell you where your strengths and weaknesses lie. And it might point you towards something you've never considered doing before. A personality assessment can do the same thing. And then I, I like to I like to use jealousy as a thing. So like, who are you jealous of? Um, you know, who are you always like, oh, I wish I could be like Bill across the street. If you're feeling that way, figure out why you're feeling that way. Is it because of, you know, the amount of spare time he has to work on his garden or do you think his career is really interesting? There's tons of things. I just had a friend change careers and she is now a parole officer. She's actually 38, 39. She switched um, from sales to parole officer, parole officer. I would have never in a million years thought of that, but she loves it and she's good at it. Um, I was thinking there must be some skills that translate though, when you're in sales and you're, you're really convincing people to do the right thing, right? If you're good at sales, you're not trying to shove stuff down people's throat. And I imagine there's some sales that goes into helping these people continue on the right path and, uh, you know, have some reform. Absolutely. And these are things that if you can think of those things in the interview or in your cover letter, because you need to have a good cover letter when you're trying to change careers. If you're trying to stay in the same career, your cover letter, eh, it's a good idea to have one, but a lot of people don't look at them. But if you're trying to change careers, you really need to sell why you want to change careers. And if you can come up with that stuff, because you're right, selling stuff, is convincing people, it's building relationships, it's all of that. That's what being a parole officer is too, is she's building those relationships. She's getting these people to trust her, to confide in her, and she's coaching them towards towards a better life, hopefully. 
The last point, and it's actually midway down your list. I'll link to these because we've been skipping around them on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. I really like this for even people listening that aren't changing jobs. Figure out what skills you lack and work on them. I love this idea of whether you're changing jobs or not, Suzanne. I think 2020 taught us anything. Didn't it teach us that you always got to be ready for a little shift? You've always got to be ready. And one of the great things about 2021, other than it's not 2020 anymore, (laughs) is that before there was a lot of stuff available online and on 2021, I mean, 2020, tons more went up online. So if there's a skill that you lack, you can find a class online that you can do in your spare time. You can also enroll in, you know, regular brick and mortar classes or, you know, ask for mentoring, ask for a stretch assignment at work. There's lots of things that you can do, but there's all of this stuff available to you and a lot of it at low cost to help you gain some skills. And even if if you're not sure what you want to do, go to Coursera or Udemy or however you say that. I don't know how you say that. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know either. It, Udemy, is it Udemy? Udemy or Udemy? I don't know. I think it's Udemy, but I don't. Uh, Udemy? I, yeah. I don't know. Swing. Anyway, you know, for a few bucks, you could take a course and see if you even like it. Like, is this something that I want to do? Is this something that excites me? You don't have to change careers and then go, oh, you know what? This is really dull. <laughs> you can do it on your own time. Or, you know, you can do what you and I did, which is changing careers and becoming self-employed and starting something new. Yeah. I wouldn't go into podcasting though. I might go into HR writing, but not into (laughs) podcasting. All, all, All this big podcasting money. Not uh, uh, there's probably about the same money in writing about <laughs> HR. Well, you and, and I can be poor together. I was say, at least we love what we do, Suzanne. That's a good thing. You can find more of Suzanne at uh, evilhrlady.org, and we'll link to her as usual on our show notes page at stackybedjamins.com and on our contributor page. You'll find her there as well. Uh, Suzanne, thanks for hanging out again and talking about changing careers. Anytime. <laughs> Hey, trivia fans, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, you know, and on this date in history, the man in black himself was born. Don't know who that is? Then let this be your clue. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames got higher. Okay, look, if you still don't know who this is, then I don't know how to help you. This guy shook things up in music, much like how John Bogle shook things up in investing with his index funds at Vanguard. Johnny Cash died in 2003 at the age of 71. So today's trivia question is this. How old was investing's own man in black, John Bogle, when he died in 2019? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can buy some VTSAX. All right, because we can't just have one competition, we also have to have our regularly scheduled Friday trivia. Don, this is a little bit uh, more trivia that's in you, a little more in your lane than the last time you were here. I think we had Amelia Earhart trivia when you were here last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've uh, I've interviewed John Bogle many times. I thought you were going to say I've interviewed Amelia well, Earhart. I, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, no, she, she was dead before I started interviewing people. Bogle, I loved. I just loved Jack Bogle to pieces. And um, 
I know he was in his 90s. Speaking of Paul Merriman, by the way, uh, Paul Merriman talks mm. about one of the best meetings he had. He Bogle apparently was known for having shortish meetings. And I think that he sat with Paul Merriman for like two hours, if I remember the story correctly. And that was a pretty powerful meeting. All right. So the way we play this is a year-long contest. Mr. Penzo is in the lead with three. OG has two. And Paula has two. So... That means, Paula, you're going to go last. I don't know if going last is is great this time. People might get this one quickly. Did you just include, remember, OG's, isn't he get an extra one? Didn't he just win one? Uh, didn't Don just win for OG? Oh, he did. That's right. You're tied for the lead, Don. You oh, are tied hey, for the OG. lead with three. And uh, you All go right. second. I'll just sit here. Len is the, uh, Len's still kicking it off as the reigning champ. <laughs> Uh, but I have no clue. Now I just heard Don say that the guy was in his nineties. So I'm I'm, yeah. now was, that might be very, very clever uh, anti-strategy, a strategy there to to throw me off. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna think that you were, you're right, and you you weren't trying to fool me. So I'll just pick dead middle ninety-five. All right, Mister McDonald. Yeah, Len, I'm not smart enough to fool you, so um, no, I, I'm confident he was in his 90s. I am going to gonna slide in just under you and go with 94. Oh boy, Paula, oh, you I take the 96. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a sandwich. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm gonna go with 93. 93 so, and instead sandwich is done the sandwich yes <laughs> <laughs> paula takes the under well we'd love to tell you which one of you is right but of course we can't do that we'll be right back this episode is sponsored by state farm you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget well look no further than state farm State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, 
you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Len, you kicked it off with 95. Now, you got the oldest age for Mr. Bogle. Yeah, well, hey, well, hey, I feel, thank you, Paula. Paula, you, <laughs> you've been so kind to me today. So Anytime, yeah. Len. <laughs> you, can, you can just put that check in the mail, put that bar of gold in the mail. He'll <laughs> <laughs> put that Bitcoin in the mail. No, it'll be a Dogecoin. <laughs> Dogecoin. Spoken yes. like a true precious metals uh, aficionado. Very good, Paula. Bar, bar of gold to go and write in the envelope for you. Don, you've got all the answers. All the answers are yours as long as it's 94. Right. I know that. <laughs> I, I am so confident I'm wrong. I can't stand it. And then Paula, you've got the early nineties at 93. So Doug, give us our answer. I find it very, very easy to be true. I find myself alone when each day is through. Yes. I'll admit that I'm a fool for you because you're mine. I walk the line. Oh, 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 hey, stackers, you caught me rocking out to my old Johnny Cash buddy. A lot of people say I remind them of Johnny Cash, and should I really be surprised? I mean, with my devilishly good looks and my bold and beautiful voice, I'd say that's a pretty spot-on comparison. So, baby, let's rock through today's trivia answer. The question was, how old was investing's man in black? Well, that's got a ring to it, doesn't it? John Bogle, when he died in 2019. Well, John Bogle was the founder of our beloved Vanguard Group and really turned investing on its head during his lifetime. He died with an estimated $80 million net worth at the ripe old age of 89. Now it's time for me to get my ring of fire going on Joe's mom's grill. Steaks on me, people. See ya. Whoa. I Don, fire! <laughs> I didn't realize he was that young. <laughs> Sorry, ninety-five though. Did I get any credit for that? Don's like, I know now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jack. Wherever you are. Yes. <laughs> I, I was thinking honestly when you when you read that question, I immediately thought ninety-two because I I was also under the impression that he was in his early nineties. That's uh, so. A man did a bunch of good for this industry. I remember somebody that we interviewed that did uh, profiles of a lot of the world's top traders. And most of them were people like Sir John Templeton, you know, that when everybody turned right, he turned left and they all had a style. And this this particular gentleman had uh, Bogle in there, not because of a particular style, but because of how much he helped the every man get in the game by just controlling their fees period, mm-hmm. about how he helps so many people get in the game. And do you notice something about Jack Bogle? Look at what he died, his net worth when he died at truly merely $80 million when this man started the largest mutual fund group in the world that manages trillions of dollars. I mean, that tells you how much money he left for all of us and didn't take for himself. That's what I keep thinking it'd be like that with this podcast. I'd have 80 million and the rest everybody else gets done, but that hasn't happened yet. So 
It's all relative. 2022. <laughs> 2022. 2022. It'll be a better year. <laughs> Big goals, right? <laughs> Growth mindset. Don's like, I spent my whole career in radio and you're here for the money? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's take out yeah. the magnified glass, guys, and help somebody do better with their money. Today's call comes to us courtesy of magnifymoney.com. When you go to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnified money, you know what happens, Don? No, I have no idea. Something good, I'm sure. <laughs> it's brill- It's amazing. You find those financial products you use every day from brick and mortar banks, nowhere near best in class. Over 92% of the products available online all ranked head to head at Magnify Money. So whether it's savings accounts, checking accounts, CDs, even cash back credit cards, uh, balance transfer wow. cards, consolidation loans, it's all there. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Today, we're going to help Debbie magnify her money. Say hi, Debbie. Hi, Joe and OG, and maybe Paula and Len. I am a 31-year-old government employee. I currently have about $100,000 in a Roth IRA and $40,000 in Vanguard ETFs. I contribute my maximum to my government thrift savings plan, and I have about $10,000 in a savings account and $10,000 in Robinhood to play around with. I also have $10,000 in a CD that will reach maturity in August 2021. My goal is to buy a house or a condo in the next five years, and I hope to one day start buying additional rental properties for some more of that passive income. I have about $1,000 a month I can save, and I wanted your advice on where I should put the money I'm saving for this down payment, and also to get your opinion on what you think I should do with the $10,000 once that reaches maturity later this year. I will also admit that the down payment will be significant. I live in a very high cost of living area on the East Coast. Thanks for the show. Thank you, Debbie. Congratulations, by the way, on your saving. It's uh, fantastic. You've got a good emergency fund in place and uh, maxing out the TSP. Lots of good things going on for Debbie. And now she's going to buy a house. Let's start with uh, let's start with our guest. Don, what are you thinking? Well, I just I, again, I echo what you said. This is a young woman who has saved like crazy. She's obviously got a good income source because she's able to put a lot of money away. I love that she's got this priority to buy a house. And she's right on the East Coast. The down's going to be high. So one of the things I would do right off the bat is quit this business of playing with money at Robinhood. Take that 10 grand and put that toward your real goal. Don't play with that. That's real money. Put that towards your house goal. I thought you were going to say, take that 10 grand out of Robinhood and just go Vegas. Yeah. Or get your down payment just like that. No, because she's serious. This is a very serious young woman and she's really doing a great job. I would get more serious with that 10 grand because now that doubles her money that she's saving for retirement because she's got the 10 in the bank. She's doing a thousand a month. If she's looking to buy in less than a year, then in my humble opinion, the only thing she should do is stick with short intermediate bonds through a good fund like something at Vanguard uh, where you're you're lucky if you get 2%, but you know the money will be there when you need it. Yeah. Uh, Len, agree? Well, first thing, Debbie, can I borrow $10,000? Because I I mean, that's uh, fantastic. I mean, that that you got all that money. That's great at 31 years old. But didn't we say, Len, that if we're Um, borrowing money, we always borrow it from Paula because she doesn't want it back. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's absolutely yes. yes. We don't yeah, borrow money absolutely. from Debbie. We Wait, borrow from Paula. That's a deal? <laughs> that, that, yeah, I, I don't believe in, lo- in lending money. So if I give somebody money, it's a gift, not a loan. Yes. That's right. God bless you, Paula. Yes. Okay, so I was looking today at CDs and there, there's lots of options. Now, first off, I, did she say she saves 5000 a month or 1000 a month? 1000 a month. 
1,000. Okay, still very, very good, 1,000 a month. But I was looking today at rates for CDs. There's options of you could go high yield uh, savings accounts, right? You could go money market accounts. So I was looking at the rates. A CD right now for a two-year CD is uh, 0.75%. A high-yield savings account is 0.5% for one year. Uh, and money markets are 0.5%. So I would go, if that was the case, I think she said she was going to go five years. She wanted to, in about five years, looking to buy. I would ladder the C. I would go with CDs, and I would ladder every month. You've got $1,000. Put it into a CD that you're comfortable with. And start laddering those those CDs, and so that way you can always um, you can do a one year CD, you can do a six month CD. A six month CD right now is 035 um, percent. A one year is 0.6. So whatever with what you're comfortable with, ladder those CDs so you can always have access to money if you need it. And then by the time five years rolls around, there you go. But she's got to make sure. Rep. Yeah, if Debbie, if you do that though, you got to make sure that that last year's ladder that they're all coming due at the same time though for your down payment. G lap. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Paula, what are you thinking? I disagree with both of these guys. Hey, hey! So, <laughs> it's a fight. <laughs> so first, as they've said, congratulations. I do agree on that part. So you're doing an amazing job of saving. What I would say is have a portion of your money that you're saving for this future home purchase and have a portion that you do want to invest in the market. You're 31, you're young, you can be in equities, you can be in stocks. And so I think that having some money in Robinhood that you can play with, you know, that's, it's a taxable brokerage account where you can trade if you wanted to trade in and out of stocks. If you wanted to be the Robinhooder who buys index funds, you can do that too. You can do whatever you want with it, but you can basically have like a shored up equities portion of your portfolio in a taxable brokerage account that is separate from the money that you're setting aside for a home. At 31 with all of the growth potential that's there. And, you know, if, if you don't regard that as money for your home, if that's just money that's meant to grow and meant to keep you interested in investing and in the markets, I think that's a great thing. Now, for the pool of money that you're setting aside for a home, the reason that I wouldn't bother with a, a laddered CD option is because that's going to be a lot of time and effort to set up. And frankly, you're not going to get a whole lot for it. Uh, rates for savers is next to nothing. So find a savings account, any savings account, doesn't matter which one, anything that pays a halfway decent yield, keep your money there. And that that's not a pile of money that you are going to subject to any form of investment risk because it's money that you plan on spending in the relatively short term. So, um, you know, I'd say keep it in a high yield savings account. And yeah, I'm putting high yield in air quotes because nothing's going to be that high and uh, leave it be and then turn your attention to continuing to earn more, turn your attention to having some side hustle that will allow you to uh, ramp up the money that you're saving. I think that'll be a better use of your time, your mental bandwidth. Um, the other thing that I would say is given that interest rates are so low right now on mortgages, I would totally embrace the idea of taking out an FHA loan with as little as 3.5% down so that you can get into a home faster. You know, if you take a, a low down payment loan and get into that home faster. I mean, mortgage interest rates are rock bottom. So even if you have to pay MIP, if you, which is what you would have to pay if you had an FHA loan or some federally subsidized loan or PMI, which is the MIP version of a conventional loan, something that's not federally backed, even if you're paying MIP or PMI, you're still getting 
a freaking awesome deal relative to historic mortgage values. So don't worry about, you know, having a 20% down payment. Just get into that home as fast as you can. Okay, I'm going to push back on that one for somebody from experience. Home prices do fall. And I took that attitude in, in the 1990s. I was like, get in a house now. Get in at any price. I got in at the top of the market. I put down a minimum amount and I was upside down for seven years. So as long as the market's going up, that's great. But, but if the market falls, you are stuck until prices come back, unless you want to so, pay off, pay out of your pocket. So, but I'm so going to push back careful. and say- it doesn't matter what the only times that the value of your home matters is at the time of purchase, at the time of sale and at the time of refinance. Yeah, but you don't know Any when that's going to happen, time. Paula. I mean, you can plan what time that's going to happen. But mm -hmm. during the 2007-2008 crisis had a job transfer. All of a sudden they were moving from one area to another and he could not sell his house. He couldn't rent his house. He couldn't find a buyer. He ended up like so many good people in a thing where he felt really shameful because this fact of life happened and he ended up having to give up the house. So let me, yeah, let me find a middle ground between you guys. Oh, okay. I want to find this lovely middle ground. Buying a house should not, your, your home should not be an investment decision. Correct. Buying a home should be a lifestyle decision. You buy a home because this is a place you want to live for a long period of time, unless something comes up, and because the math works better for you than renting. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of take a halfway position now between Len and Paula and say, yeah, if you can get a great FHA loan on your dream house and the place you want to live for the next five or 10 years, don't play with the Robin Hood money, though. Put it toward the house down payment. Yeah, but Don, uh, I'm going to say this. Life happens, right? There's this life. Right. You no, don't I, know. Right. You can say, yeah, my intention is to be in this home for 10 years, but something could come up in year two. And you're upside down and you are, uh, believe me, it's not fun being upside down. I've, I was upside down in my house for seven years. It was miserable. Feeling. Miserable. But if you are upside down, you can rent it out. In most cases, you can rent out that home. And so mm. you don't have to sell. Even, even if you do move out, um, it's not you that easy, don't though, Paula. have to sell. There's a thing called jingle mail. There's a thing called jingle mail. Look that up. Jingle mail. People had no options. They were throwing their keys back to the bank and saying, I'm out. of. I'm just they're walking yeah. away. They had so, no options. No. I. So I'm going to push back on that, though. Like I'm renting out one property right now that there there are a number of reasons that I'm intentionally doing this, but I'm renting out a particular property for less than the mortgage that I'm paying on it. Now, this is intentional, but I'm I am subsidizing the difference between what I'm currently renting this property for and the mortgage that I pay every month. So is it still cash out of pocket? Yes. But is that going to blow up my whole life? No, absolutely not. Now, my particular example is different because I have some personal reasons why I'm doing this, and this was an intentional choice. But if she were to move into a home and the market were to fall and she were to be upside down on her home, again, the value of a home only matters at the time you purchase it, the time you sell it, and the time you refinance it. All other times, it's just noise. It's like like any other asset. That's just noise that you tune out. If you if don't you have, have to move, move out, if, if you have to move have to out of a home, then you can rent out that home. And even if the rent that you're collecting doesn't cover the full value of the mortgage, 
it will at least cover a large chunk of it. And then you only have to take care of that delta between what you are collecting and the remainder of the mortgage payment. Let me tell you why I disagree with Paula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I feel like it's, hey, uh, we all disagree with Paula a day. If you're going to do that, Paula, if you're going to do a low down payment, I think not only do I like Don's idea of not playing with Robin Hood, I think that you also have to make sure that you have plenty of liquid money. I get the fact that she's young and that she has this opportunity in front of her, but she didn't say she was, her goal was to take advantage of that opportunity. Her goal was to get the house and every dollar that she puts towards something else is a dollar that doesn't reach that goal as quickly. So I would not split that pie in two, especially if she's going to do a low down payment mortgage. I would put enough money there that she won't run into some of the trouble that we talked about if life happens. And the real answer to this is what I'm going to do. I've decided this. I am just going to buy a house in Joe's neighborhood because values never fluctuate. <laughs> well, they certainly never go up, Don. The second we'll, we'll, always, we'll always have the basement to hang out in if things go bad. The second I move to town, the property values plummet. That's exactly what happens. What happens there? But I've you've done it already, so we're good. Yeah, and I don't. To Paula's point, who cares? I'm not selling anytime soon. It's, you know, I can live here forever, and 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 I'll be fine. I do love the fact, though, Paula. To your point, that mm-hmm. uh, low interest rates right now grab them now. Like, who knows how long this is going to happen? How long is it going to stay here? Mm-hmm. Buy the house as soon as you can, if that's your end game, if that's your goal. And she's nodding. Yes, correct. I <laughs> guess. <laughs> yes, totally. Yes. I, no, no, I, I agree. Interest rates right now are stupid low. Just, just absolute rock bottom low. Well, and I think this show's hit rock bottom. We finally finished. <laughs> thank, thank you, Debbie, for the question. Uh, Gertrude's going to send you some swag for being brave enough to call in to the Magnify Money line stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail if uh, you've got a question for our team and we'll fight over it and you'll hear all of our opinions. I thought that was really good. Some good, good stuff there, guys. Let's talk about what's going on where you kids live here at the bottom of the show and we'll have our guest of honor go last. Len, what's coming up at lenpenzo.com and the persistentitch.com. Yes. I, you know, I always do all the deep stuff at lenpenzo.com. And so uh, this week, this week, we go over shrinkflation, uh, you know, package size. Gonna, I was making that, a recipe. Is that what happens when back. you like uh, uh, do a cannonball? Get out, go there. Get out of the shower when it's too cold and then cold water. Is that what you do? <laughs> Don's going, don't do it. <laughs> hey, you egged me up. <laughs> and, and for that persistent itch, there's a cream for that, by the way. <laughs> That's I'll one of those after the show. That's uh, one of those jokes, Len. That's so old. Someday we got to explain that again, where that came from. But anyway, back to you, Len. Yes. Uh, what was it? Where was? It? Oh, yes. So I was cooking this uh, recipe. I was making this recipe, and it was calling for seven ounce cans of tuna. Well, tuna doesn't come in seven ounce cans. They come in five ounce cans. And anyways, that just prompted me to go back and look at you know shrinkflation's happening more and more with products. Uh, the producers are you know they're shrinking the products rather than raising the prices, right? So I went through and I've uh, identified 25 items that you may not be aware of price. The, these things, the producers have shrunk in the size of these packages and uh, you may be paying more. You don't even know it. Breakfast cereals. 
Oh yeah. Single serve M and M's. Single serve M and M's. Just one in a pack. M. I, I will say this: one of them, one of them, Don. Two. Hershey's, Hershey's kisses. Hershey's kisses have come have have been victim of shrinkflation. All the hard hitting journalism at Len yes, Penzo. At Len Penzo. Hey, somebody's got to do these stories because I know you and Paula and Don. You guys are talking with presidents and ambassadors <laughs> and Nobel Prize winners, you know. And I've, you know, I've got to come up with my own niche. I'm hanging out with you, Len, arguing with Paula. <laughs> <laughs> Paula Pant, what's happening at Afford Anything? On the Afford Anything podcast, I'm interviewing Georgetown professor Cal Newport. He is back. This is his third appearance on the Afford Anything podcast, and he is here to talk about a world without email. What would that world look like and how can we create that in our own lives? I've uh, created it in my own life by just refusing to answer email. <laughs> <laughs> But Cal suggests that perhaps we can do it in a slightly more strategic way. There might be a better solution than just ignore it. <laughs> exactly. That. So acclaimed New York Times bestselling author. Actually, I don't know if it's New York Times, but I, well, I'm going to say so. Yes. Yes. Acclaimed bestselling author. Cal Newport, who is also a professor of computer science at Georgetown and uh, the the mind behind such topics as deep work and digital minimalism. He joins us again to talk about how to live without email. And by the way, that also means without Slack, without any of these messaging systems, without being part of the hyperactive hive mind. That is at Afford Anything, the Afford Anything podcast, where finer podcasts are distributed. Mr. McDonald. Do we go... <laughs> I'm thinking about the get rid of email thing and Slack and all those things. So we're going back to landlines. We're <laughs> no. actually talking on the phone. Uh, I just need I, to know. Now I have to listen. Well, we we kind of could be actually a little bit, but not. It wouldn't be in the form of landlines. It would be in the form of very brief Zoom calls. Oh, okay. Like all right. you know, fifteen minute check-ins so that rather than having ongoing the, back I love the topic because recently I had like a hundred thousand emails in my box and I went at ah, Markham all is red. I just gave up. Just done. Yeah, you know what they call that, Don? They, I have a, uh, somebody just told me about it. They call it email bankruptcy. They declare email bankruptcy. No, seriously, email bankruptcy. And you just, you send an email out to all your contacts and you say, I'm declaring, I have too many in my inbox. I'm not going to get to them. You send this out to all your contacts, say, I've declared email bankruptcy. If you sent me something very important in the last three months, send it again. Otherwise, I'm not reading your email. Hate yeah. me forever. Yeah. One of the anecdotes in his book actually is about Arianna Huffington's company, where she noticed that when her employees were going on vacation, they would get stressed out because they knew that they were going to have these backed up inboxes waiting for them when they came back from vacation. And so they set up a company-wide system where anytime someone goes on vacation, the automatic message that gets uh, like automatically sent to anyone who emails the person who's on vacation is, your email will be automatically deleted. So-and-so is out of the office. You've emailed them while they are on vacation. Your email will automatically be deleted. If it is important, please e email them again after such and such date. That's kick-ass. Yeah. That's I love that idea. Good idea. Yeah. That's why I don't take vacations. <laughs> I hate the email back. <laughs> yeah. That and all that traveling to those nice places. Ugh. Ugh. What nice places? <laughs> Who goes anywhere? It's... Sit in the closet with a mask on. The, the, the last year. That's my life. And that's pretty much what's coming up on Talking Real Money. That was, you beat me <laughs> to it, man. <laughs> yes. What are you and Tom, what are you two crazy guys talking about coming up? 
Well, we're going to talk about real money because that's the name of the show. Uh, let's see our guests. Uh, there'll be none because we, we don't want to confuse people with guests. We just here's what we like to do. We like answering questions, and that's what we do most of the time. We take dozens and dozens of questions every week on our toll-free number, on our uh, speak pipeline at TalkingRealMoney.com, and that's what we want to do. We're just going to answer people's questions about dealing with money and learning how to be a real investor and not sweating over all this stuff and controlling your emotions and, and making it all a lot easier to deal with because our philosophy is that investing is way too simple to be this complicated. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and you guys do a great job because of your unique talent of being finance guys and guys that are used to explaining things for a long time. You guys have a ton of fun doing it. And I have a radio voice, apparently. Apparently. I I, I didn't so, notice. Yeah. I had I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, don't forget, Don. Well, I, I need Lynn you after the show. I I, you you got to do my voicemail <laughs> message. Hello. I'm Lynn Penzo. Don't you love my voice? <laughs> Coming up at LynnPenzo.com. You should have done that, Len. You should have given it to Don and oh, have him use his great radio Send voice. Send me a script. Coming up at the persistent itch. Yes. All right. That's going to do it for today. <laughs> Doug, you've got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, take a lesson from our roundtable. To be a better investor, whether you want to change your mindset, adopt new technology, or embrace exciting new goals, habits provide the glue that hold everything together. Second, take a lesson from Suzanne Lucas. It's never too late to start over, so don't continue to go down a path just because you think you're in deep. Worrying about sunk costs in the wrong career for too long will just prolong your misery. But the big lesson? The line, stakes are on me. Come on, you knew. That was a joke, right? I mean, it's obvious. It's a joke. I've already had seven emails since the trivia, and I know you're all frugal people, but take a dollar out of your own wallet and buy yourself some damn ribeyes. Jeez, I can't be floating all of you. Oh, 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 too expensive? How about maybe like a sirloin or, or like a Salisbury steak? Even that's a little bit too rich for you? All right, like a hamburger, one of those like paper-thin hamburgers on, like on your neighbor's borrowed grill because i mean who needs a grill when larry next door has already got one i am full of ideas to save you money people thanks to our roundtable for joining us you can find out more by heading to our show notes page you can also hear more from paula pant at the afford anything podcast len penzo is at lenpenzo.com and don mcdonald is at talkingrealmoney.com you can learn more about Suzanne Lucas by going to evilhrlady.org. This show is created by Joe Saul Cihai, produced by Karen Rapine, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I just jumped the shark. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor.
Have you ever asked yourself what wrong turn you made in your life that you ended up down here listening to us? a while back remember there was the same thing it was like none of the ones on the list were like anything we were picking i can't i can't remember what it was this thing was really eclectic it was ethereal (laughs) it was there wasn't really anything in there you could kind of grab hold of and use yeah i agree i was much more excited what's that who wrote that uh m1 finance wrote it oh just the company yeah yeah they don't attribute the writer because the writer was too embarrassed to put their name on it yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a talk Paul Merriman because he writes for them. It must be him. It must be him. <laughs> well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, O.G., who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.